We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. K-State has stars on the defensive side of the ball, but do they have enough depth? We'll break it down next on 3 Mom. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome back to another Three Mob Podcast. I am John Kurtz. I am joined, as always, by Paul Manbeck, former beat writer at the Manhattan Mercury, and Derek Young, currently of K-State Online fame. And we are here to talk defense today, guys. Defense as we hit the season preview of K-State heading into the 2022 football season, a season in which K-State has been dubbed a dark horse for a Big 12 title, but then nobody really seemed to back it up in the preseason top 25 polls. I digress. We've got to thank Holiday Distillery, as always, for the support that they bring to us here on the podcast. Check out 360 Vodka. Check out Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Pick your poison, whichever you prefer. You cannot go wrong either way. Use it throughout tailgate season. You know you got to get stocked up now for that because it's right around the corner. That season opener for K-State against South Dakota. Right at the beginning of September, you need to be ready to go and uh, properly lubed up for that game. So make sure that you... Uh, hit up Holiday Distilleries Products, 360 Vodka, and Ben Holiday Bottle and Bond Bourbon before the season does start. I think the offense, guys, is where there are more sexy storylines abound. Obviously, Deuce, Adrian Martinez, you have a new offensive coordinator in Colin Klein. It's not quite as sexy on the defensive side of the ball, which is probably true just in general. But K-State has some star power there, obviously starting with Felix Anyadike Uzama, who's the preseason Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's a guy that's going to generate a ton of attention this year, depending on where you look. He's in the top five group of defensive ends in college football when it comes to the NFL draft in the upcoming season. So he is a name. We've heard great things about Nate Matlack on that defensive line. Khalid Duke is coming back. Daniel Green was a first team all big 12 selection as well. Julius Brents has NFL potential at corner. There are a lot of really nice frontline players on this defense, but I think D.Y., K-State went into the offseason looking at this like, all right, how do we find some depth, particularly in places like the secondary and a linebacker? How do we find good depth to throw in behind all of those guys to supplement the stars? And I think that to me will be the true question about this defense is how, how good of a job do they actually do addressing that 
uh, to make sure that it's more than just the front 11 on defense because you will absolutely need more. Yeah, you nailed it. They kind of – it almost – you can almost tell that they knew this was the year to strike. And it was almost like, you know, when a you know an NFL or NBA team goes out and spends a lot on free agency because they're ready to compete for a championship. It kind of felt like that way. That's what Kansas State did on the defensive side of the ball. They went they went transfer portal transfer portal heavy on the defensive side with uh you know Brandon Jennings. Didn't work out, right? He left early. Um didn't didn't even make it that uh, make it that long, but they went and got him, they went and got Will Honus. Um, Drake Cheatham. They added some Juco pieces like Kobe Savage and Gavin Forsha, uh, Jordan Wright at corner, Justice Clements, Nikendre Steiger. Um, so there were those were other junior college additions. So it, it almost felt like they were just trying to tack on almost like a little bit of free agency to add a little bit of juice to their defense because they knew this was the year that, to compete for a title. And I think that was probably the way to go. I, I can't really disagree with that. And they put those guys around what is a defense that had an all Big 12 first team preseason selection at every level. They had a defensive lineman who is the defensive player of the year in the preseason and Felix Inidike Izama. Daniel Green was a first team all Big 12 choice for the preseason. And so is Julius Prince, who everyone's talking about Felix as being probably the best pro prospect on the team. Um, Cooper Beebe probably has some argument to that as well. I will throw Julius Brent's name into that ring as well. I will throw his hat in there because I think if he is a little bit more consistent this season, plays the ball better, man, at that size, if he runs a four or five at the combine, let's say, um, that's going to be hard to keep out of the first couple of rounds as well. Um, he was one of the players that I saw in person, you know, at the first two practices that were available to the media that just really stood out to me and the way that they looked and the way that they were playing. So, um, you know, offense is a little bit sexier to talk about, but they probably have a little bit more firepower on defense even. Love Julius Brent's DUI, and the wingspan that he has is incredible. I mean, his arms are so incredibly long. He's 6'3", 6'4", and, and his, just, his arm length is incredible, and his ability to stick with receivers is really impressive when you consider that size. To your point, it's going to come down to his ball skills this year because it felt like he was always in the right spot last year and had his guy covered, but just didn't make a play on the ball. He only had two pass breakups last year. You'd like to see that number drastically increase, see the interceptions go up from one to three or four. Again, you got to be targeted to be able to get more interceptions. But I think Julius Brantz is a guy that's going to take off this year. Echo Boido, another guy that's been really solid at corner. He's got 21 career starts under his belt. I mean, you look at that cornerback room. You got Julius Brents and Echo Boido entering their fifth year of playing college football each. Very experienced guys. And then they love Jordan Wright, the Juco transfer that came in behind them. D.Y., I know you've talked about Omar Daniels, a redshirt freshman out of Georgia, being a guy that they really like. And we know that they love Jacob Parrish and his potential, a true freshman out of Olathe who has really flashed so far in workouts and in practice. And a guy that maybe you'll see the field a little bit. Um, so I like what they got at the cornerback room. And then you know, defensive line, you mentioned it. Look, another group that's got veteran heavy presence, Eli Huggins enters year six, kind of a guy that, you know, probably goes under the radar in a lot of people's eyes, but a really good nose tackle, especially in this three, three, five defense, where it's just so vital to have a good defensive tackle that can man double teams and keep the pressure off the, keep the linemen off of those linebackers. You know, Felix, what's more to add about him? Jalen Pickle enters year five in the program. Robert Hentz, the backup to Huggins, enters year five when you factor in two Juco years. 
down in Mississippi. I think what'll be really interesting, guys, is Nate Matlack and where he goes this year. He had three and a half sacks last year. We spent a lot of time at Media Days bringing his name up to people and where we think you know he will go this year. This is his third year in the program. He's about six foot five, two hundred forty-five pounds. Continues to add muscle. I thought he flashed at times last year, and I think he could really explode this year. It'd be interesting to watch, especially when you think about the attention that's going to go to Felix opposite of him. I think Matlack has a real chance to shine this year. And then you guys talked about the linebacker room. Daniel Green enters year five. Will Honus is entering his seventh year at college football when you factor in his two Juco years at Butler. Austin Moore, year four. Sean Robinson, former TCU quarterback, um, who now plays linebacker, transferred here from Missouri, enters year six of playing college football. And kind of the unknown, Khalid Duke, right? I mean, we don't know what, what's going to happen with him. He, he obviously was off to a great start last year, two sacks in each of his first two games, and then blows out his knee against Nevada early on in that game and, you know, hasn't been practicing at the at the open practices that you've been at, D.Y. So don't know what's going to happen there, but, you know, hopefully he can at least be a pass rush specialist that steps in. I think the thing we'll talk about the most probably is the safety room. Uh, to me, that's probably your biggest concern because you lost Jerron McPherson, Ross Elder, and Russ Yeast, who went on pro to the NFL, was a seventh-round pick. So a lot of guys to replace at that safety position, which is so critical to Joe Klanderman's defense. You alluded to it, but it was just hearing it out loud, how many grown-ass men are on this defense, yeah. Eli Huggins. You know, Felix, Jalen Pickle, Will Honus, Sean Robinson, Daniel Green, even Nick Allen and Austin Moore. Yeah. Some of the safeties they've added, Sincere Mason and Drake Cheetah. Julius Brents and Echo Boydeau have played a ton of football. Jordan yeah. Wright's uh, first year at Kansas State, but he's played a lot of football if you had in the junior college part. I mean, this, there, there's a – there's a lot of guys that are of drinking age on this defense. <laughs> D.Y., D.Y. Yeah, no, D.Y., it's a great point. So Josh Hayes. Get them year some holiday bottle than Bon yeah. Bourbon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, hey, uh, Josh Hayes, year six of playing college football. Safety. Sincere Mason, sixth year of playing college football. T.J. Smith yep. is the, the youthful one, and this is his third year, and he's got a lot of playing experience under his belt. That's a point that I brought up to Chris Kleiman at Big 12 Media Days. I, I haven't seen a K-State team with so many fifth and sixth year guys. I mean, think how rare it is to have fifth and sixth year guys or even four year guys in a yeah. program with the transfer portal. And K-State's got Eli Huggins entering his sixth year. Sean Robinson is sixth year at college football. I could probably name five or six. I Will Honus, seven. Yeah, year, year seven. <laughs> Daniel Green, year five. Feels like he's been here forever. There is a lot of grown ass men. So from a leadership perspective, guys that have been through it, I think that is critical. And that's why I name that off when I, I name how many years they've been in college football or in the K-State program is because you've got a culture here that you have developed. And when you have so many experienced guys or guys that have been through it in the college football landscape, I think that's a difference maker. And so when you talk about the safety position and it being a concern, one thing that might alleviate that is, again, Josh Hayes and Sincere Mason entering year six of football. T.J. Smith entering his third year. And then the guys you're relying on elsewhere, Jake, Drake Cheatham, year five, four years at Prairie View A&M, started 30 games there. And then Kobe Savage, who has really shined, and they mention his name a lot, another Juco guy that spent a couple of years at Tyler Junior College that they love, first year in the program, but he was here for spring ball. So, yeah, I, I think that's an important factor, D.Y. I'm glad you, you expanded on that because I think that's key. 
which I had not even fully fleshed that out and thought about it again until I heard you guys all mentioning that. And I think that is going to be increasingly more of an advantage as you move forward in college football. If K-State can maintain that sort of culture and keep guys like that, it's going to be way more important now with the the dramatically changed landscape in college football. And all that is great. I think it is a huge advantage. I think it will help. And I think that even helps alleviate some of the concerns about depth because we just rattled off so many guys that are going to be depth pieces, right? These are not all just the frontline players. They will be some depth pieces there. But you do have to have the talent. And I think the one spot, as Cole mentioned, is safety where you really have big concerns there. And this is where I'll I'll turn it over to, to Derek, who's been at a couple of practices, media sessions around fall camp. I mean, how confident are you? How confident do the coaches seem that they're going to be able to find appropriate enough answers anyway at the safety position? They seem confident, and I and I think I'm fairly confident. I, I still need to get all the way over the hump, I think, in believing in this group. And seeing is probably believing, and that probably won't happen until you know September 3rd when they kick the ball off against South Dakota inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium. But there are so many answers that that seem like quality options or potential options, realistic options, right? Not like danger grabbing out of your hat and, you know, praying that it is just going to work out. But, you know, we talk about Josh Hayes. I mean, he was probably going to be in, you know, playing a lot of corner. So they moved him to safety for a reason. I don't think it was to take playing time away from him. So I think they believe in him. And he's played for Chris Kleiman and Joe Klanerman you know, for a lot of years before even transferred out of North Dakota State to go to Virginia. So someone that's just familiarity with the terminology and everything. I think I trust Josh Hayes at the safety spot. I think I am beginning to trust Kobe Savage quite a bit just because of how much he has been praised. And he really just keeps his head down and, you know, goes to work. And I think they like that about him. Sincere Mason knows what he's doing. We'll see if he's healthy enough and hasn't lost a step. But that's a, that's a guy that's done it before in – He's played meaningful snaps at that position for Kansas State. So has T.J. Smith. He needs to be better than he was last year, but he's done it before at the Big 12 level. He's actually played a lot of college football at the Big yeah. 12 level. And then, you know, we talk about Nick Hendry Steiger's a name I'm starting to hear that that's kind of cracking through, and they they compare him to Jerome McPherson. That was a guy that we didn't even know they added there for a minute. And he came from Butler Community College just like Jerome McPherson. And it was added on scholarship really late in the process that it sounds like is starting to get some run with the, you know, some of the older guys. And VJ Payne is probably the freshman that they think is pushing the hardest for playing time right away at this point. Like he's, you know, wowing them that much. And, and I'm probably leaving off a name that, that could compete for a story job at safety. So while it is a question mark, I think it, it's a question mark because they lost all three starters. I don't think it's a question mark because they don't have faith in these guys. And, to be honest, it's probably a question mark because they have so many guys competing for playing time at that spot right now that have a realistic shot at it. Yeah, you mentioned Jerron McPherson, D.Y., and it's interesting because I believe Chris Kleiman mentioned to us at Big 12 Media Day that with T.J. Smith, they've kind of found a role similar to Jerron McPherson where they're going to try to slide him into this year. And look, T.J. Smith struggled last year. Now, it was first year back from injury. He'd only played a few games entering last season and it was coming off a, a big knee injury last year. So it's understandable that he had his struggles. It was only his second year of playing college football, but you need him to take a step forward this year. He has to be better. You mentioned it. So hopefully moving into this new role, uh, they found a spot for him where he can shine. And VJ Payne, I'm glad you brought him up. He's one of those guys that's run over 22 miles per hour. And when you see him get off the bus, I mean, this is a guy that's what, 6'2", 6'3", 
210 pounds. He's a true freshman out of Georgia. Yep. I mean, and he's from what Buford High School in Georgia, which is just a premier program with tons of talent. Uh, this is a kid that is already getting some first team reps. I think you mentioned DY. So you feel good about some of the young talent that they brought in there as well. Uh, so look, looking forward to, to seeing what they can do at the, the safety position, but there will be some growing pains probably in the first couple of games. Oh, I didn't even mention Drake Cheatham. So that's another one. Well, to, to me, question mark number one would be safety. Question mark number two to me is, just kind of work our way from back to front on the defense, is linebacker beyond Daniel Green. I mean, I think we we know that Daniel Green is a pretty good player. Um, one issue there is, is he going to get targeting penalties and rack up, you know, halves missed and games missed like last year was uh, a concern throughout the year. I do think you have to keep that in the back of your mind, and that's where the depth question comes in uh, to play here. Now, Will Honus <laughs> – seven years in college football at one point in time, turned down K-State to go to Nebraska because of some inconsistencies with what he was being told by Bill Snyder at the time. I think a lot of us are familiar with that story. That seems like forever ago, but now he's here. And after a disappointing end to his Nebraska career, there were very positive reports on him in the spring. And then you have Austin Moore, the machine, as he was dubbed uh, by the coaching staff and by his teammates. That's another one. That's a very K-State kind of guy, right? Like a Jonathan Truman sort of story at linebacker that came in with no fanfare at all, has just grinded and worked his way up, and I'm sure will be playing quite a bit. Uh, but how, how confident do you feel about that group at linebacker? Because I will be honest, D.Y., this is another one of those spots, and I've, I've admitted this. I try to be the, you know, we're, we're not going to be all Homer pod, right? I try to raise the questions. I try to tell you where I am leery, where I'm antsy. Uh, being the negative fan going into the season. And I, I do worry about linebacker. Stay healthy and I'm, and I'm okay with it. Um, and I feel I don't really have any concerns as long as it's healthy. If it's healthy, that means Will Honus is out there. It means Sean Robinson's out there. I like those two quite a bit. Well, okay, let me – let me. Can, can we pause on, on Sean Robinson here? Because I let's just all try and get an understanding of what Sean Robinson is. Like it, he's a linebacker. He's more like the Reggie Stubblefield. Correct. But Reggie played Reggie played linebacker last year, though. But that is the third guy in the second level of the defense. It's the third linebacker. And Reggie Stubblefield was a unicorn that could do it at his size. But they recognized last year in the first year of that scheme that they needed someone bigger to be able to do that. Um, no one's going there's there's very few people in this world on this planet that can do what Reggie Stubblefield did at his size last year. He is a unicorn. They, they don't come like him. So they needed to get bigger there because that needed to be an actual linebacker, but that could still cover um, and needed to be explosive and have a lot of length. They thought Sean Robinson was perfect for that. They kind of had to nudge him in that direction, it sounds like, according to Steve Standard, because he, he came here expecting to play safety. So, But now that he's you know, embraced that role, gotten comfortable with it, understands the role and responsibility, they feel like he is a perfect fit for it. So as long as Will Honus is 100% and Sean Robinson stays away from the injury bug that he's kind of had throughout his career as well, right? Um, Nick Allen is going to be a backup linebacker who's just coming off injury. Um, Daniel Green missed a couple of games because of suspension last year. I mean, if that group just stays away from the bad luck that has hit them in their past of their career, I like it. Because even Austin Moore, people were like, you know, they hear Austin Moore's name and they're like, they get concerned. I mean, he was playing better football last year at the end of the season than Cody Fletcher. That's not a knock on Cody Fletcher, not trying to, you know, don't want him to catch a stray here, but that's just to show that Austin Moore was improved by the end of the season. He can really play some football. And he's not like the true underdog walk-on storage you hear often, right? He's 
it's not like he's been in the program five or six years already. He's still somewhat new, too. He's just someone that really flashed early in his career as a walk-on, really. D.Y. John just wants to talk about Sean Robinson because that's his type of quarterback. You know, I think John well, well, was never, – Never forget the Ohio State game, Oh, man. yeah, man. There at TCU, not I even remember, at Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> at TCU. I remember John sending text that night. Man, I want a Sean Robinson. You know, in 2017, <laughs> he was a starting quarterback at TCU as Got a freshman. Him extremely talented quarterback recruit. Hey, maybe K-State will throw in a trick play this year. Maybe will throw Sean Robinson out there for something on the off side of the ball. Just just saying, Colin, you know, if you want to take an idea from Three Mall, if you're listening, there you have it, uh, a brilliant idea. Just don't do that trick play you did against Miami in 2012. Yeah, no behind the back. No behind the back stuff. This is a defense pod. Sorry, sorry. Look, look, I'm just starving to go back to offense. You know, and, and – like I, I love, I, I shouldn't say love. I like Austin more. I think he's rock solid. I think the concern is you talked about a D Y and John is depth because look, John made the point. Daniel green has to avoid targeting calls and he's got a reputation now. I think the calls were very questionable last year against him, but you saw that he got a targeting call at one point in a game that to me wasn't targeting. And I think they reviewed it and overturned it, but he was going to face a, a full game suspension if that wasn't overturned. And so you worry about officials targeting him, per se, um, with his reputation of having three different flags on him last year and one was taken back on targeting. You lose him, you're in a lot of trouble in the linebacker room. Um, and then Will Honus, a guy that's just been very injury-plagued throughout his career and playing college football. They got to try to keep him healthy, maybe keep him, keep him on a, a pitch count, a snap count, so that he can stay on the field. Because then you're getting thin. When you get behind Austin Moore, there's just not, not much there. Yeah, and then we haven't even mentioned Khalid Duke. He'll play linebacker a bit too, and we don't know what we're going to get from him. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep reading. Look, I read KSO. I read KSO, and I, I read what you're saying about Khalid that they're continuing to say they're playing it safe and not expected to be a problem when kickoff rolls around the first game of the season. But it, I don't know the the nature of his injury, how long it has been, the fact that we're not seeing him out there practicing fully right now. I. I wonder one would, about yeah. his availability, and then two, like even if he is available, like will will he be the same kind of yeah. explosive guy? And and he didn't just miss the spring; he missed the summer. He's missed the first couple of weeks. Of, I mean, <laughs> they, that's just a lot of time off. So the question about him is valid. Like they seem to to you know trying to alleviate the concerns about him when they speak. Chris Kleiman did. He said he'll be ready. The target date is still September 3rd, game one against South Dakota. Steve Stannard said when we spoke to him earlier this week, uh, I think we spoke to him on Tuesdays, like he's a lot much further along right now than he was four weeks ago. So maybe there's progress being made, but either way, it sounds a little wonky with everything yeah. that we see and everything that we hear. Yeah, I don't I don't feel optimistic about it. You know, and we talked about Khalid Duke a lot of Big 12 media days down in Dallas and you know, it just it seemed like there were some question marks of where his status would be coming into this season. And look, I, I ultimately think I'm curious for you guys' perspective that he's going to turn into a pass rushing specialist this year. I would not have him at that hybrid linebacker position. You think about like it was already kind of unorthodox for him, a position change to slide out to that role. You know, and now you're talking about a guy that blew out his knee last year, having to play out in space. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if I feel too comfortable with him playing that that weak side linebacking role. I don't disagree. Well, the, the cautionary tale here is Justin Hughes, right? I mean, a guy who went through, you know, now yeah. maybe a different kind of thing, multiple knee injuries, right, for for Hughes. But, like, 
by the time he got back out there in his final year, he just didn't have the same explosiveness that we saw from him early in his career. I will say they don't, they're a better team if they have Khalid Duke in his, what we remembered Khalid Duke being. Don't get me wrong. But the ascent of Nate Matlack and what we may expect from him or the hype that we build up for him alleviates not him having him out there. He makes you better, but I think you can still get in the, the neighborhood or the ballpark of what you'd be with, with Khalid Duke just because of how we expect Nate Matlack to play this year. It's hard not to salivate, though, at the thought of a Khalid Duke healthy version of last year, first two games, out on the field in a, a third down pass rush package with Nate Matlack and Felix, right? I mean, think about that dynamic pass rush coming at you. So, look, if they have to save Khalid Duke for Big 12 play, like if you just want to limit his snaps or keep him out a couple weeks, to me, save him, keep him as a pass rush specialist for Big 12 play, keep him healthy, get him to the spot that he needs to be. If it's sitting out an extra three games to start the year, so be it. Just just have him for Big 12 play. Yeah, I mean, Lord knows they won't need him against Mizzou. Right, Tucker? Yeah, Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) Dig it, our producer, Tucker. Just kidding. Just kidding. I mean, maybe. Uh, but the, the defensive line, I mean, we get to them last. That That's where the star power is because of Felix, Big 12 preseason defensive player of the year. He had, uh, I believe, 110.5 sacks against TCU last year in that game, regardless of what the NCAA says. Uh, he's going to attract a lot of attention. But Nate Matlack has been, I don't know, if not the top of the list of guys that we're hearing a lot right now, a lot about right now, very close to it. Um, and then Eli Huggins, like just continuing this long line, this lineage of K-State, like quiet, like Travis Britz, Will Geary, and now Eli Huggins, like quiet guys who came into the program without a lot of fanfare that are just rock solid up the middle. I mean, you, you have to feel pretty good about everything K-State has going on right now along the D-line. Yeah, they call Eli Huggins the best news guard in the Big 12. They're not shy of saying that. Chris Kleiman will tell you, uh, Joe Kleinerman will tell you, whenever you talk about them. And every time we talk to Tui, he says – Eli Huggins coming back was his number one recruit, and it's a blessing. So uh, they definitely value what Eli Huggins brings. I think we know we got a defensive end, uh, you know, pretty stacked there, quite honestly. Well, even if you don't have Khalid Duke, you have Jalen Pickle, Felix Andy DK Izama, Nate Matlack, and, and Brendan Mott's coming along. Cody Stufflebean's coming along. I mean, they just they have quality there and up there. So there's no worries on the edge. And the interior, I would say – Maybe a couple months ago, I had a question or two about just what we would expect from Eli Huggins, but they're really talking me into having some belief and faith that Robert Hedges is about to have a big year too behind Eli Huggins. I mean, they're talking about how he's never been healthy. Um, I think during his first year was when there was restrictions, and I think he probably ran into a bug or two there that probably set um, you know set him back. And then last year, I think he was physically hampered by a few things. And now they're talking, they keep talking about how he's just a different man because this is the healthiest he's ever been at Kansas State. And they're just very thrilled with what they've seen from him, both, you know, in the summer and now in fall camp. I mean, Tui on Tuesday said that Robert Hentz has been their best defensive tackle, their best nose guard in camp. Um, that's high praise because they already called Eli Huggins the best nose guard in the Big 12. Well, so you mentioned Huggins being the biggest recruit to come back for Joe Klanderman's defense, right, D.Y.? Well, Robert Hentz was a guy that could have moved on as well. I mean, he came back. Yeah, he's played four years of college football. He played two years at JUCO down in Mississippi, was a good recruit that K-State signed the 2020 class, and he played two years at K-State. And to your point, you know, the COVID year, and then he was banged up last year. This is a guy that, you know, has some talent. 
and is a pretty good number two option to back up Huggins. Uh, and then we haven't even touched on, um, gosh, I'd butcher his name, D.Y. Uso, you know, the Juco Uso D tackle. Small, that they, yeah. yeah, there may be some optimism around. Maybe not this year. We'll see. But, you know, you feel good about at least having a quality too deep. I don't think we need to expand on Felix too much. I, I, I think there is a little bit of concern about this Felix maybe take a step back this year. I don't know what you guys think. I, I think he's going to command a lot of double teams, right? And I think that's partially step why we think. Step back in numbers, maybe. I don't know yeah. about actual performance, but maybe in yeah. numbers. Yeah, that, and that's why when we get to the over-unders later, uh, set the number a little bit lower than the 11 sacks he had last year because I think he's going to be the focal point of a lot of defenses, which is why earlier I said I think Nate Matlack is going to have the opportunity to capitalize a very talented D end opposite of him that's going to rack up more sacks this year and GB pressure. So uh, look, there's reason to be excited about this defense, a lot of returning talent. And if you think about it, K-State allowed 1.91 points per drive last year, which was the highest, not, excuse me, not the highest. That's the best by a K-State defense since 2013. So Joe Klanderman, first year defense coordinator, we talk about Colin Klein, first year offensive coordinator this year, Joe Klanderman pretty did a pretty damn good job last year on the defensive side of the football now, it was a rough start to Big 12 play, but they really cranked it up those last six games down the stretch. Thought they played really good defense. You know, they should have beat Baylor. They should have beat Texas when you look at the point totals that they held those teams to. They held Baylor to 20, well below any performance they had all season. Held Texas to 22 when they just kept getting put out on the field defensively. This is a defense that was really solid last year. Pass efficiency defense needs to get better, but I think they will with experienced corners. I think Echo and Julius Brintz are going to take a step forward and really play well. And the pass rush is going to help alleviate some of the safety concerns, especially early on. So look, Joe Klanderman's done a heck of a job, and I think they're going to take another step forward. This is year two of the 3-3-5 defense. So they should be better because there's going to be more comfortability in it. And Chris Kleiman told us at media days when we asked him, they just want to be more multiple in this defense. That's really one of their keys. They want to give multiple looks and bring pressure from different areas and mix things up. And they feel like they can do that now that these guys have been in the system an extra year. Yeah. They also had to adjust on the fly quite a bit with the Khalid Duke injury because there was all that talk last year about he, he was such a unique piece that allowed them to do that with, with the role that he could play kind of a hybrid sort of player. And, and now you're more prepared, whatever Khalid Duke's going to be, they'll have a better idea of that. You don't have to just adjust things on the fly like that heading into a Big 12 play. I think all of that will help. And, hey, big takeaway there. Nate Matlack could have a huge season. Cole, I know, brought this up to me the other day. I believe it was Cole that he could have the uh, the, the Reggie Walker sort of season when Reggie Walker played with Jordan Willis as a freshman and, and was a monster because a lot of attention was being paid on the other side of the line. But I love that Cole teased out the fact that uh, he's got the over-under sack total for Felix Anyadike Uzama in his uh, over-unders that we have coming up. That's that's good radio, even though this is a podcast, not radio. But you know I'm a man that can appreciate some radio. So when we come back, we'll discuss just that, uh, plus the other over-unders Cole has next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. Kansas, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KCSN. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of the America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code KCSN to get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. Plus, one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Must be 21 years or older. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $100 issued as $425 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void were prohibited. Ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at DKNG.co slash KS. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we are back on the Three Mile Pod. John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Mann back. Uh, all rocking our Charlie Hustle gear here. CharlieHustle.com if you want to get hooked up. Find some K-State gear. They've got some new K-State stuff, it sounds like, on the way and in the works. Uh, that will be very, very cool. But, uh, you know, right now we've got we got a purple shirt. we got a white shirt. Cole's got the big block K-State white shirt. Well, D.Y. and I are rocking the purple shirts uh, here today. So uh, make sure you get stocked up on Charlie Hustle heading into game day and get ready. Not just game day. When you're walking out around, if you live in KC like I do, uh, listen, Kansas just won the national championship in basketball. I know we're getting toward football season, but still way too much. I see way too many Kansas national champion t-shirts walking around out here. So get your Charlie hustle stock up, make sure you're rocking their purple gear and uh, get that around KC. So I can see less of the Kansas national championship stuff, please. And yes, we have not changed since the offensive pod. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, look, yeah, we, sometimes you go a week wearing the same clothes. I mean, who's, <laughs> Who says there's anything wrong with that? Okay, <laughs> maybe we're just uh, maybe we're just stronger than you. Uh, there is there is an odor in here. It's weird. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> let's get to uh, let's get to the over unders. Uh, this is what Cole has defensively for us. Uh, I'll save the Felix sack total for now. But I, this one, man, our boy Daniel Green, otherwise known as Deuce, which is confusing, right? Where's twenty two? Much like Deuce Vaughn. And his nickname is Deuce Deuce Green. But he had sixteen tackles for loss in twenty twenty one. So Cole has set. The over-under at 16 and a half TFLs in 2022. I love him, man. I love Daniel Green. It just that feels like a high number. That I'm going purely on feel here. I don't know that I have a lot to 
legitimately back this up, but that just feels like a very high number for Daniel Green. So I'll take I'll take the under. It's the same total as last year, just over under 16 and a half. Uh adding adding a, a 0.5. So I added a half to adding it, a 0.5. Well, I'm still going over. Like Ooh, he's going to be I a much know. better player. He's going to be a much better player than last year. He's going to get ejected less, so he'll get a, less opportunities. I'm surprised we didn't go over under on ejections. That would have been. I, don't, a good I mean, see, Cole told me he's going to be targeted by the officials, so that makes yeah, me point, feel like over under on ejections. Point five. Hey, hey, none of that negativity will be coming into the three mop pod. All right. Um, okay. Well, I think I'm going to take the. Wait, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. You're going over. I went under. Uh, I'm going to go under. The 16 and a half. Wow. I, I think he'll be just slightly under. Look, 16 tackles for loss is a lot for anybody, including a linebacker. And 20, it's going to be hard. This year. Yeah. You know, this doesn't do. sound like the same DY we talked to at the lake this, uh, this no, last he's week. I was just, you know what? I was thinking the same thing, Cole. I wasn't going to say great it. defensive line with a great defensive line in front of him and being the clear leader in the linebacker room and, and there's going to be more opportunities. We already said that the Big 12's offenses, not just Kansas State's, are all going to probably pick up the pace a little bit. I think Daniel Green's going to have many chances. Well, hell, you're selling me on it a little bit here. I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to take my change my pick, but I'm going to stick with under. I still think he's going to have a hell of a good year. But, you know, I think it's going to be closer to 14, 15 tackles for loss. So um, that's what I'm going to go with. Well, how about how about Nate Matlack's number here? I'm very intrigued by what uh, Vegas, quote unquote, has set the over under on for Nate Matlack sacks in 2022. I mean, I mean, sports betting's coming to Kansas, right? So I guess maybe maybe Vegas is doing some outreach here in Kansas. Seven and a half, seven and a half sacks for uh, Nate Matlack. You say it's a good number? Thank That's you, Dy. Thank you, Dy. I put the yeah, yeah. There we go. I mean, look, I don't want to be a buzzkill. I think Nate Matlack is going to be great. I love him, but that doesn't doesn't that seem like quite the jump? Doesn't that seem? I mean, he had three and a half last year, right? He did have three and a half last year. Yeah, and he's and he and he's probably going to play three times as much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I I I am anti Homer. I will say under. Give me like six sacks for Matlack this year. Uh, I'm taking the over. I actually think John he's going to get to double digit sacks. I think he's getting to ten. I think he gets eight. I think he gets. I, I think he explodes this year. I mean, I really do think he has a Felix type season from last year. I, I just, I love the kid. I think he's so talented, and he's just growing into his body and becoming better and better as he gains muscle. Uh, Felix had eleven last year. I, you, did you say ten? Yeah, that's right. Ten. Okay. Okay. All right. Confident. I can Book respect it. that. Book it. All right. Well, what about Felix then? Over under ten and a half. I think you guys. Know under. where I'm headed based on this. I, I'm going to take the under on that with uh, with Felix, mainly because of just the attention that is going to be. I think we'll all three will probably go under. I think a good question is who has more between he and Matlack. I'm going to take the under, and I'm actually going to say Matlack's going to have more sacks uh, because I just told you I think Matlack's getting ten, and I'm telling you the under at ten and a half for Felix. I think look, and, and this is not saying Felix isn't going to have a great year. I think Felix is going to have a great year, but. I, I think that number is going to be eight, nine sacks, and that'll still be a hell of a year when you factor in the attention he's going to command. I think they'll both have eight or nine. Well, about, that's uh, a heck of a combination. It is. I, I was going to say, I mean, I, I think they'll both have like six or seven. I'm kind of more in, in that ballpark. I think spread the love a little bit more on the, the That's less line. than they combined for last year. Wow. John. Yeah. If that they both have be, six or seven, the max oh, would be 14. Guy, they DJ combined Khalid, for 14 DJ and a half Khalid last year. Back. DJ Khalid will be back in there contributing some. 
know, Eli Huggins, you know, he can make some noise from up the gut. Like I'm listen, don't pin me down on my actual numbers here and give me like facts. You know, I'm, I'm the narrative guy. I'm not the fact guy. Uh, 17 turnovers forced last year for K state. So Cole puts the over under at 19 and a half for 2022. Are you taking under? Over Cause under? that's a little bit of a, a fluke kind of thing. And Felix like broke the record on forced fumbles last year, I believe. He was uh, he was second in the country with 0.33 force fumbles per game, I believe. So, hell, that KU game, he somehow stripped the guy with his foot, I think, uh, the KU running back. I think he kicked the ball out of his hand when he was broke through. Look, yeah, I 19.5 is probably a little aggressive as I look back on it because I believe K-State forced 12 in 2019 and 15, I want to say, in 20, uh, which – is higher because of COVID. It might've been 12 and 20 and 15 and 19. I might be reversing those numbers, but either way, 19 and a half is a high number. Uh, when you factor things in, I'm going to take the under as well. Um, but I do think K-State's going to get more interceptions this year. I think Julius Prince and Echo um, I agree. are going to force some turnovers. I agree. I, but I, I think you said, you said a bad number on the uh, force fumbles. That's well, I can't number. be perfect. I can't, I told you guys to edit these last night when I sent these over and now you're going to call me out I, on the pod. I'm not calling I'm out anything. I had no email. problem with it. I would just take the under though. <laughs> All right. Everyone's going to think I'm super negative on the defense. I'm not, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm trying to, that's be, a bad I don't number, know. Right? I, judging by your answers on these over unders, I think you have us going six and six this year. No, no, come on, come on. And plus, I can't divulge like an actual season win loss total pro- projection yet. I mean, that is okay. that is to come. Is that next? You can't, um, you can't yeah. just be giving that out here, people. Okay, you got to stay tuned. Listen to uh, listen to some more Three Ma. Spread the word about the Three Ma Pod, and uh, we'll come back at you with more season preview type of pods. Who's who's who calling? Has who has a landline phone? This the, I'm renting a house this year, and they have a landline. I'm sorry. Unplug Somebody is so angry at me being negative on the defense here that they are calling to complain. That is the that is a <laughs> call Klanderman. to complain right now. It is. It's probably it's probably Joe Klanderman. I'm sorry. Oh, you hear the answering machine now. <laughs> Jeez. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, you know radio. you can you know you can hit mute on your uh, your app there, yo yo. The... I'd rather not. You need to hear it. All right. I'm fine with it, honestly. They didn't leave a message. Comedic timing was very good there. Yeah, Uh, That's going to wrap it up for us here on the defense. Uh, Thank you once again, as always, to Holiday Distillery and Charlie Hustle for supporting the pod. Tucker Franklin, all the work that he does behind the scenes, including taking um, low blows from me throughout the pod about Missouri. For Derek and Cole, I am John. Thanks for listening to another 3Ma pod. Again, tell your friends, uh, continue to subscribe and download, and we will talk to you soon.